The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. today we're kind of stepping outside of the IBD world ever so slightly just a little toe yeah we're not necessarily step you know we're not going to be talking directly about Crohn's and ulcerative colitis but we are going to be talking about diet and uh, the gut and the gut yeah because today we are talking about celiac disease mm-hmm. um, which people may not have heard of you or know people may assume that they just have right you know right so we're really fortunate today. We have two fantastic guests. We have Melissa Secord, who is the executive director of Canadian Celiac Association, or CCA, not mm-hmm. CCC, CCA as we will refer to it. And we have Leah Saad, who's a summer student working for CCA, and she's also she has celiac disease. Of celiac with celiac disease. So yeah. this is going to be a great podcast because we're going to have, you know, both perspectives. We're going to have that perspective talking to us about the facts. What is celiac disease? What does this involve? Mm-hmm. Talking to us about the celiac, the Canadian Celiac Association, where yeah. we can go to get help. And then we're going to hear that personal story from Leah um, about her experiences socially, her diagnosis. Yeah. And listen up. If you're out there and you think you might have a gluten allergy, this is the episode. This is the episode to. for you. This yeah. is the episode. Here we go. Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa. And I'm Chantel. And this is Gut and Glory. Okay, so we're here with Melissa, who is the executive director of the Canadian Celiac Association. Melissa, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, tell us about CCA. CCA has been around since 1972. It was actually started by uh, Kay Ernst in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo area, along with some several other people who had celiac disease, but there just wasn't the help out there. Like, who else has it? What do we do now? How Absolutely. do we help ourselves? Where do we go from here? And they started a support group, and it grew and it grew into eventually the Canadian Celiac Association. So wow. uh, we're a national charity. Uh, we've got people all across um, Canada who come together under our umbrella to find out information about celiac disease. We're seen as uh, the major source for scientific-based information, um, where we join people with community and offer them help and support, especially when they're newly diagnosed. It's a lot of anxiety. You what do I do now? What is this crazy diet? I've, I have to, you know, take out what of my diet? How do I even shop? So right. we're here to provide yeah. information, and we also invest in research as well. That's Canadian based, um, and we are really pleased to have some great professional advisors who oversee a lot of our research, overall our information that we provide to make sure it's right for the person when they're looking for that information, and make sure they get the right information. There's a lot of myths and facts out there that I'm sure, you know, a lot of your audience is aware of. Absolutely. They can go down a lot of holes on the yeah, internet and it's sure. what's really right. How many uh, people would do you know of the uh, numbers of people who suffer in Canada with celiac disease? Well, it's estimated that 1% of the population around the world and it's actually, wow. um, and it's, and it's, it's in uh it's a it's appears in like all cultures and in some it's a bit more dominant and it's uh, it's genetic it's an autoimmune condition you know just like ibd um and a lot of people just think it's about the gut and actually because it's all immune it can impact 
all of your body systems from you know neurological reproduction and that's sort of one of our themes this year but yeah one percent of of canadians um, or worldwide have the disease um, but the issue is about 80 percent are still undiagnosed there's so many people out wow. there who that's just are number. languishing and it takes on average 11 years for someone to get diagnosed and that bar really hasn't kind of changed we did a major health study uh, about 10 years ago and that that bar still hasn't kind of come down because we still need more doctors nurses individuals to learn more about this disease because it looks like ibd it looks like ibs it's you know they're not quite sure and sometimes doctors don't quite know where really where to, to send them so and you see there's a there's a specific blood test that is uh, used to identify celiac disease. Yeah, it's a great starting point. Is so, this new? Is this like no, a it's been it's, No, it's been around okay. for a while, um, okay. and it's an international standard. There's, um, It's called the IgA-TTG, uh, and it's basically looking for the antibodies reacting to the gluten in your body. Okay. Uh, so when they it's a first step. So if someone comes in and the doctor says, you know, let's just see if you have celiac disease, um, they'll take a, just a, a blood test, send it off, and they'll know whether or not if they have elevated uh, antibodies. That's a big red flag. And then they send them off for a final confirmation. Oh, actually, it's an endoscopy. Okay. So it actually goes down through the throat. It's it's not very, it sounds invasive, sounds major, but it, it's not. It's, it's they put you, give you some general, some, you know, anesthetic, goes through, they do a scope. They take about four or five Biopsies. samples of yeah. your small intestine because that's where the gluten is reacting. When they, when they ingest gluten, it's having a specific reaction to the um the uh, surface of the small intestine and it's degrading it and it's it's creating problems and when people get sick um, they're not absorbing nutrients and but the, the difficulty with this disease and I'm not sure with IBD is people can have no no symptoms I was just on a, a, a farm this weekend where they were writing doing sunflower tours raising money for uh, for CCA the little boy um, was 18 months failing to thrive uh, looks skin and bones, bloated stomach, which are some of the classic signs of celiac disease. They diagnosed him and he's got celiac. So they went, okay, because it's um, it's actually a genetic. So um, if I kind of back up, so 1% of uh, Canadians will have um, you know celiac disease. A lot of people will have the genes but never get celiac disease. So they're actually something that turns on the trigger for celiac disease. You can get it at, as a kid, like the 18 month old. You could get it as a teen. 45 years of age, you could get it at 80. It can happen at any stage, but mm. it's these genetic markers that you need to have in order to get celiac disease. So not everybody in the world will just suddenly get celiac disease. It's an actual autoimmune disease. You have the predisposition through the genes. Um, so it's, it comes down through the, through the family. So this little boy had it, but then they looked around and said, okay, who else in the family has it? Because it's it's genetic. It's come right. from someone. Of right. course. Tested all the immediate family members. Lo and behold, the dad has it, had no symptoms, or no symptoms that really jumped out at him that he had celiac disease. Like he's disease. been managing. And, and so he's now, just in the last two weeks, started the gluten-free diet. So, I mean, they were kind of watching because the little son, you know, was on. But he had no idea he had this disease. Wow. I look, I think, I hear Melissa talking about how the diagnosis goes. It's so it's similar. It's so it's similar. similar. It's but I incredible. feel like that's why, like, autoimmune, regardless of what it is, you know, it's in, the, you have that blood test. Like, and everybody listening who has IBD, endoscopy and colonoscopy is not 
foreign to us. No, not at you all. You know, my last, my last was both. Last time they knocked me out, they decided to go in both ways. They like a they can't, you come on that's, that's it. Thank God. <laughs> so that you know, it and I could see based on some of the symptoms as well why this could go misdiagnosed. Yeah. Why it yeah. could be this and it could be that. It was you know? uh, exactly. suggested to me when I was suffering, not when I was initially, I had already had a Crohn's diagnosis and then didn't suffer again. Well, after I had uh, had surgery and had been healing up quite nicely, I had four years later, I had another big attack and there were health, uh, there were uh, health providers who were insistent that I might have celiac disease. And I thought, sure that we've already been down this road you know <laughs> i already went there like um, well and it's interesting because uh, there's some people with celiac disease and because it's autoimmune sometimes they come in pairs mm -hmm. uh, and so if they're um, absolutely if they're still suffering from symptoms um they will start looking at is it refractory celiac where yes, some yeah. people just it, they'll just never it almost they won't heal it, it's it's always an extreme version of celiac disease where uh, they have to be super clean, um, but they have may have type one diabetes. They could have some form of colitis or Crohn's because they've got the genes, the genetics, mm -hmm. and, and so arthritis, it's, it's, like it, all these exactly. things. Psoriasis, I'm noticing, is coming up now in conjunction with IBD. Mm -hmm. It's almost like once you have one autoimmune, it just opens up the door. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. So celiac essentially is is a, is put simply, you're you're avoiding the gluten. It's right, which is wheat, rye, barley, right. uh, and then we kind of asterisk oats because oats are naturally gluten-free, but they tend to get mucked up and, and harvested cross-contaminated. Cross yeah. So what we ask is people look for gluten-free oats that are specifically labeled on a label on a on a product. So it's it's tough because you know celiac disease can appear as a, a traditional gut diarrhea bloating, um, but there's non-classic symptoms: headaches, neurological symptoms, anemia, similar I think in, in yeah. your case with IBD. Uh, Anemia is actually one of the most popular kind of, let's say, popular frequent flags of, of celiac disease that should be sort of tested. Uh, reproductive problems um, and as well bone health. If you're getting a lot of bone fractures, bone pain, could be a flag for celiac really? disease. That's Short you know stature and liver enzymes. So it's about, there's yeah. like all these different conditions that a lot of people go, oh, you have headaches. Oh, it's maybe just the pressure or it's your hormones. But meanwhile, it could be the neurological symptoms. And if it goes unchecked, and the longer you have it undiagnosed, and that was, worries us, is you can get some more serious complications, Absolutely. cancer, neuro, some terrible neurological symptoms. So we really want people to be aware of don't don't count out celiac, go get checked. You know? So you how, know what, it, it makes sense, Lisa, because celiac yeah. is in the small intestine. Yeah. So Crohn's is bum to gum. Right. You know, ulcerative colitis typically large intestine, typically yeah. not always. Um, your small intestine's job is to absorb the nutrients from your uh -huh. food. You know, yeah. your large intestine's job is to remove the water from your stool, like from the from the mush that's coming through and form your stool. Your small intestine, if it's inflamed because of IBD, if it's because of reactions to the gluten that's had the antibodies in your in your stomach, you're not absorbing iron, you're not absorbing your B12, you're not absorbing your calcium and your vitamin D. You know, bone issues goes hand in hand. I'm a perfect example. I have arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis at the same time as having Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. Yeah. I have Chiari malformation. I have an aneurysm. Like, there's so many things bound up into this one little space. Like, the the gut is your hub. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you're If it's not doing its job, 
it even oh, your mouth even absolutely. even there's the oral manifestations and ulcers, ulcers. And, and, oh my and, gosh and, and poor teeth so it is i think you know thanks to to groups like you getting more awareness out it's just there's so much yeah bruise in your gut that just impacts your whole body I through th- autoimmune or just can other skin issues be affected with yeah so there's dermatitis herpetiformis which yeah. is the celiac the skin formation of celiac disease and they literally get sores with little um uh, pustules on it mm-hmm. and if they they broken they get broken open um, they're very painful very itchy um, so it's so it can but it can look like you know eczema you know Absolutely. so um, and then there's and then there's the complicating factor of there's there's celiac disease but there's also um, more research showing that there is gluten sensitivity there are people who are just gluten intolerant but it just doesn't have the autoimmune condition and so there's a brand new um research area to say okay these people are getting sick they're reacting to gluten um it's not life-threatening but it's It's not not genetic yeah and we but we just don't know the kind of more studies needed to see whether or not that long-term exposure if they don't go clean off the gluten-free diet whether or not they're just intolerant or there's going to be some longer-term impact so do you think that that is a result of genetically modified food? Um, that, uh, I don't that know the studies. That people are uh, experiencing more gluten intolerance. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to have one of our research just talk to you on that. Um, but certainly they just know that it's gluten and it, and it can be a trigger of, they say, just like you could have a really bad in, intestinal, um, like a, a rheovirus mm-hmm. or mm. it's a major trauma uh, to the body, let's say even like even birth, giving birth, and sometimes that switches the body on to oh, switch yeah. those uh, <laughs> those genes. So yeah. it's interesting. But what what we really also want to make sure is there's a lot of people who go, yeah, I've gone off gluten. It just doesn't make me feel good, so I just stop eating gluten. And let's we don't talk want about that. we don't want yeah. people to do that. So if you're out there listening, uh, please before you stop eating gluten. Um, don't you want to know whether you know you have a serious yeah, talk about, you know, don't you want to know if you're just <laughs> we saying I want to go that off originally gluten. in our email and our correspondence and like there is a massive concern in the celiac world and doctors diagnosing celiac disease please understand this is a disease just like Crohn's disease it is a disease there is a there's a big concern that people who decide I'm gluten-free and why why is it why is this a problem? I'm gonna go gluten free and then I'm gonna go to the doctor and find out what's wrong with me. Yeah, and that. the difficulty is because when they stop eating gluten, um, the the body starts to heal a bit. Like it starts to okay, it looks oh, you know, it looks better. So when they go for a test and let's say get the blood test, it'll come back negative. Right. But meanwhile, if they started eating gluten in the next day, it would probably be a different you know. Case so, we so you're to... tricking the you're tricking the physician almost yes. wants to diagnose you can't get a proper diagnosis because you're exactly. fussing with it on your own okay. yeah so and and we're we're going to be doing some uh, some more um, evidence based research to find out about the gluten challenge so if someone said you know I've been two years off gluten but I think I have celiac because every time every once in a while I get gluten I get I get sick so what we say is that we're trying to find out what is the best way. A guideline for people to say okay if you've gone off gluten you think you have celiac you're gonna to have to go back eating it and people just go I really don't want to go back there but it's it's important to have a diagnosis because eventually if there's ever a, a pill or a cure or a you treatment, need the diagnosis you're gonna you're gonna need yeah. the diagnosis to get you, that pill to be yeah, di- to, to get that prescription. And I always like to shout out to the parents and give them a special inspiration if you have a gluten intolerance you think and you've given up uh, gluten but meanwhile, and you're feeling better. Meanwhile, your kid is suffering with something. You yeah. don't know what it is. You can't connect it necessarily to 
celiac because you've given up gluten. So and because it impacts you know, the whole family, because yeah. it could be a, a, a dad, a son, and then Can maybe it goes back to grandparent. You have a chance to help. generations and then anybody after that can it skip generations it can yeah yeah because it just or you could have the gene but it just doesn't ever switch on for you you could you could just be lucky you know so we want people to make sure that if they think they're having problems go get tested now in every province except for ontario you can go and get the blood test you know prescribed you know through a regular lab in your in in your province in ontario you gotta pay ontario doctors you know what you have to pay for the rheumatoid arthritis blood screening too yeah, so we're going to fix that. Um, but then then if it comes back positive, then you're going to go for, you know, your, your biopsy as the, yeah. as the gold standard to confirm. But as you say, you know, if you're a mom and you've just sort of gone casually off gluten, but, you know, you might have celiac, but maybe your child does. And you don't want, you, you need to make sure you know you have to go lifelong strict because just the smallest amount of, of gluten will can make you? can damage even if you're not having symptoms. Like it, it is damaging the gut. So it's important to know because you want to know with the diagnosis, you know it's lifelong, you need to manage it because you don't want those longer term issues, the bone health issues. Don't do it for yourself. If, in, do it in for your kids. In the world, we refer yeah. to those issues as the extra intestinal manifestations of the disease. Yeah. Like it just—it's outside of the intestines, but it does everything else. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I think just having a few friends who have celiac disease—not the friends who have decided I'm not having gluten—it makes me feel bloated. Like the friends who actually have celiac disease. You know, there's a stigma around that as well because I almost feel like this gluten-free kick that we're on kind of undermines celiac disease it because does. people just be like oh when i have gluten and they don't even you ask them what gluten is they have no idea they're talking to yeah. me about being gluten intolerant while they're drinking a beer get out of here i don't have time for you <laughs> you know so like having this i feel like this whole like everyone feels like healthy means not having gluten like yeah. we need to have no gluten and we need to have no this and no this it's undermining celiac disease because celiac is a disease where people cannot have gluten. Mm-hmm. Because you feel a little bloated when you eat a piece of bread does not mean you have celiac disease. So, you know, I've had so many people say to me, like, oh, you should just go gluten free and you'll be cured. No, I will not be cured. Okay, I will not be cured. And I've been tested for celiac disease. It's not my problem. <laughs> like, I, I don't that, have a gluten intolerance. I you think know? Pe- people's uh, experimentation with their own diets over the last. Oh you know, my gosh! Everyone is a, twenty years is really created a bit of confusion. With that. And, and I and I do find too that grocery stores feed that confusion by separating things. And yeah, we're certainly happy that there's a lot more gluten free options. Absolutely. Yeah. Back in the day, someone would get a banana and say, "Well, this is all we can give you on a flight or something." So I think the the awareness is, is good, but we want to make sure people understand that when they're you know, when they're asking, so even in when they go to restaurants now, they're actually, a lot of, we advocate for people to say celiac because they say gluten-free, there's that gluten-friendly and I'm putting air right. quotes, right. which doesn't mean that even scares a person, probably someone like Leia more so because it's gluten-friendly. You're just being casual with the gluten. Like, so it really. Oh, there's this girl out there, hippie girl. She doesn't want any gluten. Don't get her. Yeah. You know, like it's not taken seriously. Yeah. And the contamination is so, um, it can just be like croutons on a salad can actually Absol- just, that's contaminated. It needs just, to be yeah. looked at as same as somebody saying, yeah. I have a peanut really. allergy. Like I have an EpiPen peanut allergy. This is what celiac is. This is what we need to understand that celiac disease is I as serious yeah. as this. I didn't realize that it was that easy to contaminate. Food with oh gluten. yeah, yeah. I re- I really uh, pasta boiled in the same water 
can contaminate. You can oh, we have gluten free pasta, but is it is that it cooked in a, is it cooked in separate water yeah. and used with separate labels? It just takes just tiny mo molecules to 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 damage that poor little inside gut. Like you just think of how your your the inside of their little small intestine villi are so tiny, so sensitive. So it's just the tiniest little bit of gluten just yeah. can make them sick. So it's. It's, it's super serious and we want people, and we know restaurants are, some are really trying their best and, and we're getting more awareness out there, but it, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. So yeah, it, and when you go gluten-free, you're missing some nutrients and, and some of the some of the box, you know, gluten-free materials have more carbs, more sugars because they're trying to throw in more ingredients to make it taste good. Because, so seeing yeah, a dietitian yeah. and our nutritionist actually might help in this journey because to definitely, balance out. Definitely, a di registered dietitian is a great, um, uh, a great person and the, you think of a healthy, clean diet, it is gluten-free, you know, chicken, you know, basic chicken, vegetables, those are all healthy. So yeah. it's when you kind of get into the middle of the grocery aisle, you've got to kind of be yeah, careful. Everyone, actually, yeah, I was told stuff. by a, a professional once that, you know, the, if in most grocery stores, the best place to be stick is to the, the perimeter. Yeah, yeah, you stick to sure. the outside of the grocery yeah. store. So for the CCA, we, we help people navigate those. Yeah, um, like those, what's your mission? Because yeah. like obviously breaking the stigma and getting the awareness out there as to what celiac disease is. Teaching and us about this blood test yeah. that we're not covering. And of course, yes. <laughs> and of course <laughs> helping people who have been diagnosed with celiac disease, putting them in contact. But what, what's, what's the CCA's mission? Yeah, so we're here to be the voice of people with celiac disease and gluten sensitivity. So we advocate them for on issues where, you know, why isn't the blood test covered in Ontario? You know, these people have a serious autoimmune condition. Let's get it covered. So we'll, we'll advocate on their behalf. We advocate for them in Ottawa about better labeling of of products in, um, so in Canada. So, so the labeling has been changed because of CCA's uh, advocacy to say you need to declare this this product contains not only, you know, like a weed or other allergens, but gluten, sulfites. So we were part of that kind of coalition that helped change labeling in Canada. It's still not quite there yet because there's still that a may contains label that people have um, some issues with because it'll say may contain wheat, but it'll say gluten-free and people go, what the heck's that? So we're there to right, help educate right. people to help improve those labeling laws. We're there to support people. So when they're first diagnosed, a lot of doctors will say, call the CCA. And we have, um, you Do you have know, support information. Yeah, we have information they can get. They've got, we can give them handy pocket dictionaries when they go and navigate the grocery store. We have local chapters who could help literally take someone on their first journey to the grocery store after they've wow. been diagnosed. Uh, we can put them in touch with people even just by phone because a lot of people can't get out to like a local support group. So we're finding through our Facebook group, we've got 10,000 people who connect and can share, be, connect with others with the disease and so know now, they're not on alone. Facebook, is it the Canadian Celiac Association? It is, yes. So you just look up Canadian yep. Celiac Association. Your website is www.celiac.ca. It is. And for those of you who don't know how to spell celiac, it is C-E-L-I-A-C. -E Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> just, just in case. No, well, it used kidding. to be coli. There was a different way to spell yeah. celiac. I know. This Crohn's, is the modern the version. Spelling yeah. butchered all the spelling is butchered Because I can never spell Crohn's. <laughs> Crohn's is butchered all the colitis. I don't even, even try it anymore. That is right, UC. So we're here to help them make that journey, whether it's the child being the first to diagnose and then letting them know that they, the rest of them need to get tested. We also do Canadian research as well. So as a charity, we invest in Canadian research because there is no cure, right? 
right now, um, the the way to manage celiac disease is to go gluten-free, strict, strict gluten-free. Uh, but there is research being done on enzymes so that maybe if you go to a restaurant, you could take a pill that might help just, oh. you know, moderate mm. the, the, the impact of the gluten if you happen to get gluten. And again, I'm doing the air quotes. If you get gluten. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of a... <laughs> I felt that really in the yeah. gut. But, you know, is there some kind of other... Um, uh, maybe there's a vaccine to prevent that switch on off button because right now once it's on oh. it can't be turned off so so like preventative measures exactly. like we know that this is in the family what can we do with our children now coming exactly so okay. we're, we're helping leading the canadian kind of research um we're also seen as the science uh, based the evidence-based kind of uh, voice a lot of people a lot of myths out there on the internet like you can cure celiac by you know if, if you go off the of gluten enough then your body will cure you'll cure itself well no it's it's a lifelong condition so we're out there trying to bust the, bust the myths and facts so our team of um, experts come together provide the scientific base so we're seen as a, re a resource for anyone who's who's got celiac and, and ongoing like there's the challenges of the restaurant there's the Absolutely. challenges of your mom goes into long-term care and is, can she get access to her celiac diet? So we're working with partners and we've also... I can't even imagine, like, I'm a teacher, so oh, I think of, yeah. like, students at school, like snack programs and yeah. breakfast clubs and, like, yeah. how difficult it must be to navigate that world. Exactly, and, and kids' parties and how do you... It's like everything we do is around food, right? Social, yeah. Christmas, holidays. So we do holiday survival guides to help navigate when you get invited to the office Christmas party or you go to a friend's house yeah. or your your child is off to their first sleepover like how to navigate those those things so we put webinars on and we have tips and tools and through our social media um, and then um, yeah so we, we just were there for everybody just for all those sort of stages of, of their diet and then even at the grocery store level we've partnered with um, a group um, to create a seal so you'll people see have a blue seal that says gluten-free and it'll be the Canadian Celiac Association. I like that you went with the seal. Yeah. It's really built in. So, so when people, yeah. let's say if you've got uh, an aunt who's got the child coming over with gluten, she goes, what do I buy? Well, that seal shows them that that product is certified. It's, it's actually trusted. literally from, it's a management. It's, it's literally come from a place where right from the ingredients to the packaging and everywhere in between, that is managed and it's and it's it meets those uh, labeling requirement, requirements for gluten-free. So it has to be under 20 parts per million, which is this you know complicated thing. But anything that's under that threshold, they feel is safe for celiac. So There's so many similarities. I think one of the biggest things that's standing out for me, though, is that it's proven that this is genetic, which is not necessarily in the IBD world. We haven't proven in the IBD mm -hmm. world it's genetic. There is research that points to it that there's, there's genetics involved, but there's a whole bunch of other things that come mm -hmm. in. So I almost feel like this is almost like a comforting thing. Like, we know this. Mm -hmm. Let's run with it. Like, if we know this is genetic, then we need to, like, we've we've got the base. Yeah. You know, we need to start building from here. And, and then being able to manage it by diet. Well, I, you know, I find it really interesting. This is my uh, naivete coming from uh, IBD background, but... I find it fascinating that there's a blood test that can identify the disease. Like, yes, there's that yeah. doesn't exist for Crohn's, and that the government is not covering in Ontario. That's very this, frustrating. This you can is... also get like there is um, they have the genetic markers. There's this DQ2 and DQ8 markers for for genetics, but you still need to get this other blood test because you can have the markers but never get it. Right. So this this test that we're talking about for Ontario is this will definitively tell them or give them a, a very high um, likelihood that they have celiac disease and then they confirm it through the uh, the endoscopy. But it's very frustrating because for someone, I'm sure you've all, as they sit around the table, is 
there's such a savings. If, if a physician can just say, I'm going to test you for celiac disease and it's covered, people have had multiple visits to x-rays and, and, and ultrasounds and testing diets yep. and wasting. And they spend a lot of money. And if they get gluten, like, they're in the hospital and then they're off for a week from work. So there's such great savings and efficiencies trip, and long term. get that test. Yes. Yes or no, you have it. And then you eliminate. And you're right. You eliminate and then you so start on and try whatever path you're with, with your own. Yeah. People are apprehensive too. Like when I was told I needed, because they originally were testing me for RA as well after with my arthritis issues, they didn't know what was going on. And you have to pay for the RA test. And it's like 70 bucks or something, the blood test. And I sat on that test for like three weeks because I was like, I don't have this money right now. Like, yeah, I, so dumb, I'm right? Well, and like, physicians don't necessarily take it seriously either. If it's not on their panel of things they can check off, they're yeah. not really, like, how serious then is this disease? But then also, too, when you're told yeah. in a place like Ontario where, you know, our health care is essentially provided for us, when you're told that this is not covered, it almost undermines it, like, well, maybe this isn't a thing. Yeah. Now, granted, I have a cousin who has rheumatoid arthritis, which is an awful disease, and at her young age is turning her body, mm. making her unable to move, essentially. So I knew the background of how serious this disease is. So I didn't have the feeling like, oh, you know, maybe this isn't as serious because the government's not paying for it. I was like, this is BS. Like, the government's not paying for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? So I feel like we, we have to be better. We're yeah. good in some things, but we have to be better in others. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so it's certainly those are the ongoing advocacy issues. So we just hope that, you know, through this awareness that people will understand because yeah, it's just not just it is it's it it happens in the gut but it can impact your it could be headaches it could be neurological it can be you know skin. bone health it could be skin eyesight because your nutrients um, are not. it's your teeth it's ulcers it's your skin so um, don't don't rule it out it's not in your head you, you know and and a lot of people with celiac um are undiagnosed there's a lot of depression a lot of issues because they yes. really can't go out and socialize they're scared to go out or just the, um, and they feel empowered once they have that diagnosis. Is say for some they can be quite upset, but then some are just like, oh, I know what it is that's now, what and I was. now oh, I just need to eat gluten free. Well, that's, now how do I do that? That's yeah. who we are, though, right? That's, exactly. that's that's the experience of being human. You want to name it. You want to solve it. You Absolutely. want to be able to say, this is what I have. So then you can find your community yes. afterwards, right? The other people who know what you're experiencing, what you're suffering with, and I do think this is is great for that. We'll put up. Uh, the link the on links, our absolutely. Facebook page to the Canadian Celiac Association because definitely you want to find your community. You want yep. to find your community. Yeah, and, and it's different than just people saying like, uh, like it's not a self-diagnosis. No, Celiac not, disease no. is not a self-diagnosis. I am fascinated by the blood test. I'm sorry that I keep coming back up to it, but I just find it so fascinating that you can literally, there's, that you can rule this out. And, yeah. and so tell me, how much does the blood test cost in Ontario if you want and can you go to your healthcare provider and say, give me this test? Yeah, you can definitely go and say, you know, when we've got some resources, actually a, a blood testing sort of fact sheet about the blood test on our website. So if you go to our website awesome. and put in blood test, it'll come up and you can print it off and take it to your physician Great. and say, Great. I think I have this. Um, and here's a test that I just need. It's just a simple blood draw. Um, it's anywhere from 50 to $75. Yeah, that's usually Not the worst. Yeah. Not, Not the worst. If you do with other panels, it can be up to 120 if they're pulling for other things, let's say anemia and some other, some other issues. Uh, but it's anywhere between fifteen and one hundred twenty dollars. So um, there are we are hoping actually to advocate for maybe some uh, 
simpler lab tests that are could be, cheaper. could be cheaper, but that's right now the reality. But if you're in uh, other parts of the country, uh, you it's just free. walk in and you know Woo! you can just yeah, get, go a, get, that. get a script and, and it's covered. Yeah. And the savings to everyone from the individual and the pain and the suffering and the multiple visits to the hospital. It's worth it. The great thing is once they're diagnosed, uh, the statistics show that people with celiac disease, once they follow that gluten-free diet, they return to almost a normal health. Wow. They're not going to the doctor as much. They're Incredible. going for their regular annual visits like everybody else. Um, unless they've got some, you know, unless it went on too long and maybe they've got some bone health issues or whatever. But course, they can yeah. return to normal and they're not off to the ER. They're they, it's self-managed and yeah. and it can be a good thing. So there's, there is savings, the, the argument's there. Um, so Chantal and I call that normal person sick. Yes. yes. <laughs> as uh, Crohn's disease people, yes. Normal person. person sick is like I've got the flu. Yeah, I was bad. I was when it's I'm normal person sick. I just go to school. Like yeah. so I go to work. Like <laughs> yeah. I have I had bronchitis once. I'm just working up it's a lung. It's just bronchitis. And everyone's though. like, Oh my god! Like why are you here? Like you need to be at home. I was like, This is normal person sick. Like a cough. I got a puffer. I'm good. Like this will <laughs> yeah. be gone in about ten days. Like you know. Yeah. And for uh, and that's part of the education we do is like uh, there be people on our Facebook uh, group and and Leah's been looking at it and can share. But you know some people think oh I've got something could it be gluten and and our, and our experts will say no you just have a normal person you know, <laughs> you know not every you just is have gluten. the common cold. Not like, and that's, congratulations. That's you where just we had to bust some of those myths that not you know it it could be just something you stumbled upon yeah. or just something different. So like, oh, my I, arm hurts. No, nope, it's not because of that. It's, it's because not you got hit with a ball. So, okay. Yeah. So speaking of diagnosis, we talked about the blood test and we talked about, um, the endoscopy yeah. and, you know, um, Melissa, you brought, uh, Leah along with you. So Leah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome to be here. Um, you have celiac disease. Mm-hmm like not self-diagnosed, yeah. you have celiac <laughs> disease and you are working as a student intern right now with the Canadian Celiac Association. Yep. So this must just be like the perfect job for yeah, you. For, like, yeah, it was everyone must be coming to you like, tell me, tell me all that you know. <laughs> when I first in, got, you know, came into Crohn's and Colitis Canada as a volunteer, I met people, they were like, so, <laughs> they're like pulling up a seat beside me. What does it feel like? <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you ready? Like, it get your be. So tell us about your diagnosis. Did you go a long time? Like, yeah. you, you struggled. Yeah, I, okay. I struggled a lot. Um, it kind of came on out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was actually traveling. So I went away for two months. Um, and I, at first I thought it was just a bug. Like I thought I just caught something and I'm like, Standard okay, thinking when yeah, you're like it's going to go away. I just had a stomach ache. That's how it started. But then as time went on, I wasn't getting any better. And I'm like, Hey, something's wrong. Like with even you. after you returned home? Um, well it was ongoing during the summer. Like it started mm. before I left. It was like the week before I left and then I was gone for two months. So I'm like, okay, like. I knew that I didn't get it. It wasn't like traveler's diarrhea or anything like that, but that's the first reaction that my family had. They're like, don't worry, you're going to be fine. Like, it's just because you have traveler's diarrhea. You're like, just give it a week or two. And that were your symptoms. You had diarrhea, stomach ache. But it progressively started getting worse. Like it got to the point where I couldn't make it to the bathroom. The bathroom was right next door to the room I was like sitting in. So it's just a couple feet, but I couldn't make it. And then progressively started getting worse and I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was sleeping all day, every day. And like we're on vacation. Mm. My sisters want to go out. Everyone, everyone wants to go out. 
but I feel so down that like I couldn't get out of bed. I lost 15 pounds in like three weeks. I, I looked like super frail. Um, and you're not home, so you're yeah, no, 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 pretty yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was crying all the time, and, like, everyone who knows me knows I'm not a super emotional, like, I don't show it. Right. I don't cry often. So they see this side of you, and they're worried. Yeah, so, um, but I, I also felt very alone because a lot of people, I, I'm generally kind of a paranoid person, <laughs> so they're like, oh, it, it's in your head, like, it's because you're so anxious and you're stressing so much about it, stop thinking about it. Because the people telling you what's wrong with you, don't you love that? Yeah, right? <laughs> um, super, super frustrating. So I started going to see doctors while I was in Lebanon because I'm like, something's wrong. And then it was, oh, you have IBS. Or um, they took me to another doctor that just was like, let me just crack your neck. Like, I don't know why. Is there <laughs> here? Uh, what is going on? Radio sacral <laughs> therapy? <laughs> Very random things. No one knew what was happening. Yeah, no one knew what was happening, and then I came back home, and I was still so sick. Like, it was in my last year of high school. I was in grade 12, and I would have to get pulled out of class. I was talking to someone. I had to see, like, a, um, a psychologist at school. Like, no one knew, but that's what I was doing because no one, none of my friends understood. No one knew what was going on. Did you feel when you returned home with the change of diet, considering it's so heavily dieted, did you feel that some of the gut symptoms were subsiding because you went back to the food you were eating here or at that point that was it at that point I felt like it was beyond no return because it just it was just getting worse and worse so and I'm then, assuming you were afraid to eat and stuff like yeah. us IBD people yeah like, and I wasn't going eating. to school so you're not going to eat because yeah. when you go to school you can't go to the bathroom so you're going to yep. eat when you come home because you're home all night pretty much and yeah. it would get to the point where I was like writing tests in class or exams in university and I would sit on my butt because I was so like I was scared that I wouldn't make it through my test and I would have to like run to the to the washroom or something, so it was it was really hard. And even like my family doctor didn't nobody ruled celiac out as a possibility. Had you had heard of it before? No, I'd never heard of it. But nobody, none of my doctors. I I stopped going to my family doctor because the first thing she told my dad, I was so upset. I started crying. Um, she was like, you know, you need to take her to a psychologist. She's depressed. Gave me antidepressants. And sent me on my way, and this I was. This is such. This is like. This is like cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> it was. It was like the most heartbreaking thing for me because I knew that something was wrong. Like, like this is not in my it. head. Like, lady, yeah, I'm exactly. going to the bathroom in my pants. I can't make it. This is not in my freaking exactly. head. Like, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. So. Um, so you switch doctors. Yeah. Which we've advocated for. If you mm-hmm. are not comfortable, if you are not yeah. getting the answers, you need to take it upon yourself to go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, so that's that's it. Basically what I ended up doing, I just kept going to, and like, I know I, I shouldn't be doing this, but I was Googling so much because nobody believed me. Yeah. Well, so yeah. I kept going to different walk-ins and, you know, standard, same testing every time, every doctor would do the same thing, nobody ruled it out until I went, I kept getting pelvic ultrasounds or like abdominal ultrasounds with the same technician. So, <laughs> so after- Why are you again? Girl, why are you here again? <laughs> yeah, so after a while, she's like, you know, I love seeing you. Like at this point, we were like almost friends. But stop coming back here. Yeah, yeah pretty okay. much. And then she was doing my abdominal ultrasound and she's like, okay, I cannot see anything because there's so much gas in your stomach. And we just started talking and she- You're super bloated. The ultrasounds exactly. don't pick up anything. Yeah. yeah, so then she was like, you know, 
have you ever thought of maybe an allergy? One of my friends has a wheat allergy and she went off wheat and she felt like amazing two weeks later. So I was like, Did okay. she mention celiac to you at that point? No. She just she, said wheat she allergy. She just said wheat allergy. So then when I went home, I just took it upon myself and I'm like, okay, I'm going to Google this wheat allergy and see what's up. And then I stumbled upon celiac. I looked at all the symptoms. I'm like, oh my God, I have every single thing. On this list. This is when you're being Dr. Google, and I, you're like, yes, yeah, yeah, this yes. Is fascinating. <laughs> and how old were you? I was. I got diagnosed in 2014, so I was second year university. And you had started so you're this 20, in high school. So 21. Yeah. So this yeah. was what three years for you because you said yeah. it was grade 12. You went on a trip. Yeah. I'm I'm 23 now. So. So your diagnosis took about three years. It. Yeah. Three to I think three and a half years. Yeah. And you, until I got diagnosed. You googled it. Yeah, pretty much. And I ended up just going to a walk-in doctor. And I was like, listen, I have all of these symptoms. So at this point, I was so frustrated. Like, I almost got to a point where I thought, like, okay, this is my fate. And, like, I don't know what I have. And no one's ever going to find out. And then when I figured that out, I went to a walk-in. And I'm like, give me the celiac disease testing. Because I have every single one of those symptoms. And I told them everything. Like, no, fa no, my family doctor didn't rule it out. No doctor ever thought about it. So I got the blood work done. Came out positive. And then they're like, okay, we're going to do the endoscopy. Yeah. But the issue with that, which is what Melissa was talking about, is sometimes it takes so long for you to get that. So I went You're eight waiting months, months and months. Yeah. yeah. Eight months before getting it. And no one told me to not get off the gluten. So I. Because <gasps> your body starts to feel. Oh. Yeah. So I went off gluten. And, and then were you feeling, like, did you, were you feeling good? I, I started feeling better. I'm assuming it takes a long time. It's not like, oh, I didn't eat gluten for a week and now I feel better. Yeah, like, like some people feel better after two weeks, but I feel like for me, because it was almost like four years with this ongoing problem, yeah, it absolutely. took me a while to start feeling better. And then once they told me, you have to start eating it again, they told me a month before, because that's when they called me. I, like, I couldn't. Well, you're I was, terrified. I was so scared. That's cause... literally telling a Crohn's or ulcerative colitis person to put yourself into a flare. Mm -hmm. Stop taking yeah. your medication. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I would be like, no. <laughs> so you went back on the gluten. Yeah. For a month? I, yeah, so I had to and do And everything it. happened to, to you again, I'm assuming, right away. Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, just, like, eat the, I'm like, Okay, I might as well eat the very last things I'm ever going to eat if I get diagnosed. Pizza! So, but now you can have so, gluten-free pizza. So it's yeah, great. exactly. But so I, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll have McDonald's. I stared at my burger for an hour. I couldn't eat it. And my sisters are like, Leah, just eat it because you need to get your diagnosis. And I couldn't do it because I was so anxious. I didn't want to go back to that feeling that I felt yeah. for the last you're making, years. You're, who would want to make It's actually sick? physically hurting me to watch you tell this because... Like, I, I like I get the image of like oh I'm just gonna eat this broken glass I'm just gonna eat yeah. this broken glass <laughs> people don't realize it. it's like oh I'm just oh look I'm doing this there's this virus on the table I'm yeah. just gonna ingest it like yeah. well you nobody wants to make themselves sick and when you know you're gonna make yourself sick yeah. and for some people it takes two weeks to feel better you know yeah. after a, a oh gluten, my god you know, so. yeah a gluten so here you were. Yeah, and then... So uh, you went, when you went to your endoscopy, was it enough? Like, had you eaten enough in that month? I was worried about that because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have enough, uh, like, for them to be able the to proof. say something. I don't know if it's going to come out false, but it came out positive. So the second I came out, he gave me the diagnosis. He's like, yeah, you have celiac. Um, and then just gave me, like, a follow-up. I'm actually lactose intolerant, too, which is also... A lot of celiacs end up being lactose intolerant okay. as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then he gave me like a sheet of stuff to follow up, and then he's like, "Okay, we'll follow up in three months." I actually never got my follow up, to be honest. Like, there, I, you I, felt like you didn't need to go. No, no, no. I, oh. I never. They never followed up with me. Which oh. that's the thing with celiac. I feel like there's not enough. Um, 
it's not taken education seriously. yeah it's yeah. not taken seriously so no one like even with like doctors and stuff like not ruling it out or like kids in schools mm-hmm. a lot of kids like melissa was saying they can have it but like nobody rules it out as an option and it's very frustrating because when i got diagnosed i knew no one that had celiac and i'm just thinking how many other people are going through the same thing as yeah. me yeah well one percent of the population right that's exactly. what melissa said yeah. so that seems like a huge amount of people There's that wouldn't know about that, that. We're going to come out with some clinical practice guidelines for Canada. There's some in the UK and, and some in, uh, in in the US, but just to help mm-hmm. inform doctors that, you know, here's where you start, here's how you manage it, because yeah. we can't have someone like Leia just left to her own devices. Like, we, we need to educate them. It goes them. back to also, like yeah. we were saying, medical school. Yeah. It needs to start there. Like, this new wave of people, the new generations, like, mm-hmm. you know, this... This is serious. Yeah. It needs to be, you need to be educated about it. And I, I think everyone just assumes that if you're a doctor, that you're educated about everything that's happening. This is not like, it's ongoing. Education and learning is ongoing. It's constant all the time. The new things are being developed. Things are taken serious, more seriously. Things are starting to come into fruition. Like, oh my gosh, how intense is this? People are needing additional support. The more we learn about something, you know, dealing with IBD, dealing with celiac disease, this is not just give me a pill or tell me my diet. I'm going to be fine. This is when do I see a psychologist because it's not working yeah. for me. Well, Who's so, going to help me manage my anxiety? Well, like, is that like the something... lactose intolerance, for example. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. like it, it can repair itself as mm-hmm. your gut heals, but yeah. some people always have that intolerance or some people will eventually get through it. But Where's the support? How much right. do I take? Absolutely. Where do I where get do my I calcium? You know, that's where the registered mm-hmm. dietitian comes in. So it, it is, yeah, connecting with those different resources, yeah. not just saying, oh, see ya. You know, just stop your diagnosis, Leah, have, has any of anybody in your family? Like, do you know? So no. no one in my family has it, but I'm speculating that my grandmother has it because while I was going through it, um, she told me that when she, like in her younger years, she had like a year or two where she was having super bad stomach pain, but she got diagnosed with IBS and she's mm-hmm. lactose intolerant, but she also has osteoporosis. So I'm like, okay, I was really just kind of getting like masks. Yeah, by yeah. Other exactly. Yeah. So I think it was probably just never diagnosed, but I, it must, someone has to have it. Cause... Have your parents been tested? Have they paid for the test? No. You Can you imagine if they paid for the test? No. And it was like, surprise. Yeah. Like oh, that story yeah. Melissa was telling us about the dad yep. who had yeah. it and yeah. didn't have those symptoms, you yeah. know? Yeah. I've been uh, trying to get them to get tested because I do know some people um, that are like, they don't have any symptoms and they have celiac as well. So I was telling my family, I'm like, you should get tested because if I have it, I'm not like, I hope no one else does, but I'm sure that it's somewhere we have the genetic disposition. Yeah. For so it, how are you living now? How do you feel yeah. now? Like, how are you managing? Um, I'm a lot better. I still have some issues. Issues. I have like times where I, you know, I get glued in, as Melissa said. Like it's not 100% perfect, and it's kind of hard sometimes because you because it it's like a stomach pain that starts off when yeah. you get glued in, or like it can be headaches. It, it's just so vague that I'm always like, okay, did I get glued in, or is something else going yeah. on? Like, yeah, I can't. Right. Like, do I just have a headache today? Exactly. I right. can never 100%. Um, tell you know but like my sisters can notice my mood switch when I get gluten and that's another thing that people don't realize it's not just the gut like it's it well it's chemical and psychological like, too yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah for and, sure and, I, and, I, and neurological yeah. yeah and I really did suffer from both of those like I I did get I suffered from anxiety and depression when I was um not diagnosed and at the time I didn't realize it but now looking back I realize like yeah I was depressed but mm-hmm. it was 
a result of celiac disease. It wasn't it wasn't what my family doctor was saying. Like, right. that's what's, right. what's wrong. Right. Do you right. understand what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. And then, like, also with the Like, your depression is causing your stomach, not my stomach exactly. is causing my depression. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, like, right. I feel like people need to be educated on that. And even, like, the... I have, like, some peripheral neuropathy from, like, the neuro- neurological symptoms. And I think when I get glutened, it gets worse. Um, so, but I overall... get glutened. I've never heard It's like a bomb going <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I got glutened. Like, it's, like, in, like, the celiac and gluten-free community yes yeah. like a term that we use but overall so do you feel you are honest with yourself like and speaking to us like do you are you truly 100% gluten-free or are you like sometimes oh, I'm just gonna have this piece like when you get gluten is it because somebody labeled something wrong you're at a restaurant or is it because you're just like but just this one time <laughs> no I I honestly I'm so strict on myself and everybody that knows me like I, I have a friend that has a friend that has celiac and and he's like, you know, he's not as strict as you. They're like, more relaxed. Like. Yeah, I'm like, no way. I, I will never take a risk. And that's what upsets me. Like, I've been to restaurants where they've told me this is has a dedicated fryer and, like, I've eaten it three times. And then the fourth time I went, they're like, oh, um, no, it's fried in the same fryer. And I'm like, well... Why Which you is it? Yeah, you know, you've been uh, telling me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I get that. People that's, need to that's part of that not this. taking it seriously, right? Exactly. Like yeah. not not acknowledging like I, that it I is. I still a... have anxiety when I go eat out. I always have to look something up ahead of time, and like all of my friends or my siblings are always asking me, Leah, where do you want to go eat?" And I get anxiety because mm-hmm. I have to make the decision. But it's also hard for me to find somewhere where it's like actually safe and it's not just gluten friendly or like. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not just. It's not as. I feel like it's not as easy as going to a restaurant no, it's with not. a vegetarian section. Like this is vegetarian mm-hmm. or this is vegan. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not as easy as that because gluten is is everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah we're, like, we're partnering people... with a group that's that's helping make restaurants more um, uh, more accessible. Yeah. So we're actually partnering with a group that they can be actually verified gluten free. They're getting uh, GF verified or they're GF dedicated where there actually is no gluten in the in the in the wow. restaurant or the facility. So. We're getting there, and they're independently um, audited to make sure that they meet those standards, so that people with celiac can see those symbols. Yeah. But but it's it's just new and it's growing and it's just starting to get out there. So we're really encouraged as more restaurants are taking the challenge and say, "Yep, no, no, we're going to do this right." But it's it's it is. So difficult. your social life is obviously affected, and that's normal. With yeah. I feel like this is a normal thing with people. Well, with that's chronically people Ill. with chronic disease. Yeah, you know, like, like uh, you just. And it speaks to the psychological element that you were talking about, too, because as soon as you throw in something that you're going to be dealing with for a long period of time, if not forever, you do have to take, you know, into account how that's going to affect your mental state because you are not like everybody else. Uh You're not, you know... There are some areas that are restricted to you, and I I want to say don't that just don't understand it, or they don't invite them out to a party. Like They'll go, uh, it's don't just invite her. Difficult, it's blah yeah. blah blah. Like I'm gonna invite her over yeah. for dinner. Like even the same thing with me. Like food doesn't necessarily food doesn't won't kick me up into a flare, but there are foods that I have intolerances to yeah. that I know if I'm flaring and I eat this. I'm a trip it's to the hospital, it's you know, worse. or if I'm borderline not doing so well, I know I can't have this and I can't have this and I can't have yeah. this. And a lot of people are like, so you're coming for dinner, like, what am I supposed to make for you? Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to say, uh, I think it's really inspiring that you have personally taken responsibility for fi- getting the answers mm-hmm. to your own health issues. I wish you the best of luck. And yeah. I, and I would say never let go of that, um, that, that drive, ma- mm-hmm. that, uh, psychological component because that's 
as speaking as somebody who's had a chronic disease since they were a child, that is the thing that is ongoing yeah. with you. You will look back at different stages See in your disease yeah. and you will gauge how you dealt with it, mm-hmm. you know? Anyway, I just wanted to, you know, advocate that for you that you continue that, mm-hmm. um, the mental health support because it, it is, it's a big factor in dealing with a chronic disease. It's missing everywhere too. Everyone yeah, you really talk is. to, no matter what it is that they're dealing with chronically, like the mental health side of things. And it's no, it's not a secret in the world that we live in mm-hmm. that mental health is not taken seriously mm-hmm. anyways. And I think more so it is now. Absolutely. And I think, I think thinking that mental health is on its own, is just as dangerous as thinking about Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, celiac disease, arthritis on their own. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they are not—they're not standalone conditions. Yeah, we, we they, concern, we're concerned about uh, teens, you know, uh, who who might be socially isolated, or they're going off to residence, or you know, yeah. they've got it, and like their friends are like, "Oh, well, we're gonna go have pizza," and they're like, "Yeah, great," you know. Yeah. So yeah, be very because when you're in college, that's what you can afford. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. yeah. So you're right. It's all interconnected. Yeah, it's it's so uh, Leah, you were telling us. I think one of the greatest things that we love about Leah as well is that you're not afraid to talk about your disease. I've heard you mm-hmm. mention in our interview today that like you, t- I, I tell my friends, my friends know I have celiac disease. Yeah. Like I'm open about this, and that took me a long time to be open about my IBD. Mm-hmm. But now that I am open mm-hmm. about it, I'm just standing on the roof shouting mm-hmm. it. And whoever I get an yeah. elevator, hey, do you want, you know what Crohn's disease is? I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> you know, so it's so fantastic that you are open about it. So tell us about your social media because you. You're you're shouting it everywhere. <laughs> um, okay, so on I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and it's the Celiac Corner. So it's T H E C E L E A C Corner, um, and that's just including my name in there because it's, it's my yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just started <laughs> my corner. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like a, a page and like my Instagram where like I share recipes, products, and just like restaurant reviews of places that are actually safe. Because when I first got diagnosed, I didn't have, I didn't know anyone. So I wanted to be the help for other people like me, just, That's you know, great. starting their journey. Isn't to it? Us. And now she knows yeah. about us and is, yeah, and exactly. is, and is really been a, a huge yeah. asset to our, which is uh, why I was like amazing working with the CCA too. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, something I'm super excited about and I want to advocate for celiac because I want people to know what it is. So if anyone wants to like, needs any tips or like help or anything, you can even just like message me on there. Um, and yeah, that's pretty So cool. you feel like you're living a normal life again? Yeah. Now, now, normal, yeah. no, normal yeah. air quotes. Like but... I've had people go like, oh, like that sucks. I'm like, no, actually it doesn't. Like I just want to show people, like, I have, like, my little motto, and it's, like, living a gluten-free life without the compromise. Like, that's what we want, and I know that's what the CCA wants, too. Like, you want to show people, like, yes, you do have celiac, and yes, it might be hard, but there are ways around it without having to feel left out or alone. You know, yeah. that's the yeah. ultimate that's, goal. That's, that's, that's so what huge. it's about. Yeah. And you know what? Like we've said, speaking to people who are like us is is mm-hmm. really like it's it's not the same as talking to your GI it's not the same as talking to a nurse no disrespect to them they're fantastic but once you sit down and you get that perspective from somebody who's just like you and is going through what you're going through like that's not only that's not only going to benefit you by knowing what restaurant to go to and cool recipes but it's also going to help you mentally mm-hmm. yeah you know realizing yeah. that you're not alone that this is a real thing there's other people like you who are managing like telling your story both the ups and the downs is super powerful yeah. and not easy to do. It might come easy naturally to you and some other people who share their stories openly, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy to be like, 
I have a disease. This is what's wrong with me. Look at me when I'm bad and when I'm mm-hmm. good. You know? Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll share Leah's um, Facebook connections and Instagram and stuff Absolutely. as well on our page because I know there's people in our world with this. Oh, for sure. 100%. For sure. I'm Thank even going to go look at that and, checklist. Uh, and, oh, yeah. We yeah. should look at that checklist. <laughs> yeah, we should. Just download the checklist. We Check it out. Thanks for coming and talking to us today. Uh, you've personally uh, clarified a lot of misconceptions. Misconceptions yeah. for me about gluten. Absolutely. Uh, and I hope some people I know are listening to this. You know yes. who you are, person who gave up gluten. Yep. Yeah, so again, reach out to the CCA, so Canadian Celiac Association. Um, Leah's on Facebook and Instagram, and you're not alone in this battle. And take charge of your health if you've got things going on. You know, we've heard Leah's story, we heard Melissa talk about other patients, and they're not, you're going misdiagnosed. Go on, be that VIP patient, download this checklist, take it to the doctor yourself, and you know. Don't wait for the ultrasound lady to tell you a story yeah, about that. Right. You know? Like, we've got to do this together. So And check out a restaurant review at uh, Leah's page, because I'm sure if yes. you're celiac, she's probably been some places that, And those you of know. you who don't have gluten intolerance, it's not going to kill you to sit down with your celiac disease friend and eat a gluten-free <laughs> meal every now and then, okay? It's okay. Yeah. Like, all right, thank you for being here, ladies. Thank you for, for having, having us. Strength and positive thoughts. Till next time. Guts and Glory is produced by Bang Albino Inc., a full-service creative agency. 